Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 67, Prince of Peace. When Jesus Christ was born, the people of Jerusalem, they were looking for a Savior. A Savior from their oppressors. A Savior that would restore them into the nation that they once were. They were looking for a king to rise up, to overthrow their current oppressors, and to protect them from all those who desired to ever rule over them. They wanted someone mighty, someone powerful, someone to carry their nation or their government upon their shoulders. Isn't this who Isaiah had testified of? When Jesus Christ came, he did come to save them from their oppressors, the oppression of sin and transgression. He did come to restore them to their rightful place, not through war but through his doctrine, faith, repentance, baptism, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was a king, both through lineage and also as the Lord, whom they had worshipped. And he did overthrow their oppressor, even Satan the adversary, by teaching them a higher law, by atoning for them so that they could be liberated from death and so that the adversary could lose the power to ever hold their souls captive. He was mighty and powerful. Those who saw him marveled at his ability to heal, to teach, and to perform miracles. And he did carry the government of God upon his shoulders meeting the demands of justice with his sacrifice and then enabling mercy to enter in on our behalf. But he wasn't what the people had anticipated. In the days of Isaiah, peace could not be found among the governments. Many of us may even feel that the days of Isaiah are shadows of the days in which we live in. And I think that that is the idea. And once again, I am filled with gratitude for God, who is merciful to us. Here in the Book of Mormon, we have been given the prophecies of the past to learn through the mishaps of others, and to also have the reassurance that these prophecies are applicable to us today, that they have just as much power to save us today as they had to save those over 2,700 years ago. I want to do better with the knowledge that has been given to us here in the scriptures. I know that it has the ability to bring me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, and can help protect my family by adhering to them. President Nelson has said that turbulent days are ahead, and what an opportunity to learn from other children of God during their turbulent days. Remember, the Assyrians were overpowering. 
and the people of Jerusalem were witnessing the crushing blows of the Assyrians against the kingdom of Israel and against the Syrians. The area that we know from the New Testament as Galilee was now in Isaiah's days under Assyrian rule, as well as Damascus, the capital city of Syria. The tribes of this area, Zebulon and Naphtali, were now walking in darkness. They were removed from their power source of the upholder and from his ways that bring sanctification to whatever we do in his name. And they were now left with grief and were scattered and were in the process of becoming lost to the house of Israel. But in 2 Nephi chapter 19 or Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah prophesies of the hope of a great light to come. This light will illuminate the land of the shadow of death, and joy will once more be multiplied. When does the Lord ever give up on us? The answer is never. His people had turned away from him, and his protection had been withdrawn. Consequently, where there's a void, forces then come, and these forces were coming to seek to destroy them, and they would be permitted to suffer. Yet the Lord foretold of light and joy to return once more. Another example in which he knew what was going to happen, and he had a merciful plan in place. And where did the Lord spend a great deal of his time during his mortal ministry? In Galilee, the same Galilee that was during Isaiah's days, now entering into the valley of the shadows of death, walking in darkness. And with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, and with his mortal ministry, spending significant time in these regions that had suffered under the Assyrian oppression, light and joy once more began to multiply amongst them. These sons and daughters of God who had strayed from him, who had put their trust in everything but him, in their government and in their religious leaders, in the gods of the Assyrians made out of graven images, the Lord remembered them and he stretched his hand out to them still. Now sin is sin. And will need to be reconciled. Repentance is required of all. And amazingly so, the king of kings is capable of existing in the dichotomy of righteous anger and mercy. In verse 17, Isaiah reminds us that for all this, his anger is not turned away. But his hand is stretched out still. And that is a perfect representation of the justice and mercy of God, that when violation to the law has been made, we must reconcile, we must repent, but he is there. His arm is stretched out. He is waiting to sweep us back to him once again, to be at one with him once more. 
a man in my ward spoke just today that this process of accepting the Lord's help should not wait until we feel we've done all this work to become worthy of him being in our lives. And then we reach out to him and then we grab hold of him. No, it should happen the moment we realize that we have stepped away. His hand is stretched out to us. Make sure that you grab it. And why should we desire to grab it? It is this chapter that we read the prophecy of Isaiah. The prophecy that is preserved beautifully and sang with such exuberance at Christmas time in the Handel's Messiah. For unto us a child is born. Unto us. A son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, a child, but a mighty God, a son, but a counselor, the Everlasting Father with the government upon his shoulder, yet also the Prince of Peace. He is all of it. Today, we can become just as easily mistaken as the people of Jesus' day in expecting that our attachment to Jesus Christ will prevent tribulation in our lives. This is not true. He has not come to save us from experiencing our mortal experience. He has not come to make sure that we sail upon smooth waters. Instead, he has come to be the light leading us to the shore. He has come to empower our vessels through the waves crashing upon us, allowing us to gain experience and to deepen our souls and to wisen up our hearts. He, the Prince of Peace, doesn't intend to force compliance or to ensure peace for all. He, the Prince of Peace, desires to give peace to those who come unto him. A peace amidst the storm. An inner peace enjoyed by righteousness. Under Gospel Topics on churchofjesuschrist.org, when you look up peace, We are taught that peace comes through the gospel, specifically through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through the administration of the Holy Ghost, through our personal righteousness, our repentance, and through our diligent service. This was the balm that the Savior offered when he walked the earth. It is what he referred to when he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Despite the chaos that the world will choose, we, sister scriptorians, we can have peace. Our peace and joy are not dependent upon the world. True peace is found in the Prince of Peace, through his doctrine, through his ways. Elder Holland taught us in 2006, to all of you who think you are lost or without hope, or who think you have done too much 
that was too wrong for too long. To every one of you who worry that you are stranded somewhere in the wintry plains of life and have wrecked your handcart in the process, this conference calls out Jehovah's unrelenting refrain, My hand is stretched out still. I shall lengthen out my arm unto them, he said. And even if they deny me, nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them. If they will repent and come unto me, for my arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. His mercy endureth forever, and his hand is stretched out still. His is the pure love of Christ, the charity that never faileth, that compassion which endures even when all other strength disappears. Oh, let this be what we teach our children about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us become experts on teaching them where they can find peace. Let us teach them no matter what will swirl around them, peace is offered to them through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through the Holy Ghost, through their righteousness and their use of the gift of repentance, and through diligent service. Let us always create for them the image of their Savior with his arms stretched out, ready to pull them to him as soon as they realize that they have stepped away. Let's not make him scary. Let us help them recognize Jesus Christ so that they might call him wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Sister Scriptorians, instead of spending so much time trying to squash the contentions and tribulations around you, I encourage you this week to take the hand that the Savior has stretched out to you. Grab it and allow Him to draw you into Him through His atonement, the Holy Ghost, your personal righteousness, through repentance and diligent service. Allow Him to fill your heart with peace. Make it a great day.